there, everybody. Welcome to MJ and the Word podcast. I am MJ. And I am the Word, BJ Word to be exact. What's up? Hey, y'all. And we have something special lined up for you all today. So as you all know, during the first season, BJ and I got a chance to interview each other, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we took a, a different approach, right? We normally open up with spoken word. But we like the idea of having interviews so that you can get to know us a little bit better. So as many of you know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Yay. And we do have an expert right here. Uh, you know, BJ is going to talk with us about Mental Health Awareness Month and several other things related to mental health. So we're going to go ahead and kick it off with BJ. Tell us a little bit about what you do in the mental health space. Absolutely. I am a licensed psychotherapist and a mindset coach. All right. So <clears throat> let me explain what that means. Licensed means that I have been licensed by a state board um, to diagnose and treat mental illness. OK. Um, life coaches are so important in the space as well. Right. But life coaches are not licensed by the state to diagnose or treat mental illness. So they don't do anything in regards to mental illness. All right. Or diagnosis at all. But a licensed psychotherapist can. So my uh, title is actually um, or my licensure is licensed professional counselor. I'm licensed in Tennessee, Georgia and South Carolina now. And uh, right now I'm strictly telehealth, private practice. um, But I have done it all in this field. You have. Yeah. I've done inpatient. I've done partial hospitalization, intensive outpatient. I've done um, residential. Mm. Um, I've done core. I've done iffy. The a bunch of stuff that I could just throw out there. Y'all can Google it. Hannah, I've been in the field for a long time and I've done a lot of things (laughs) during that time. Yes, you have. So let me ask you this, Mm -hmm. because, you know, we have these different awareness months every Mm -hmm. month. You know, we hear about them like, oh, we got this awareness month and people don't always know, like, why it's so important. So can you talk a little bit about why this particular month? mental health awareness month is so important and why people need to build awareness around it absolutely so let me start with this y'all because this shocked me when i started looking up the origins of this mental health awareness month has been observed in the united states since 1949 wow i didn't know that i didn't know that either and here we are in 2023 and i'm like wow i don't know how i feel about that because it's like we're still so far behind, mm. you know, and we still have so many strides to make. Like, I, it just makes me wonder, oh, my God, why have we been observing this for this long and we're still seemingly stuck in the dark ages in so many things as it comes to as uh, it pertains to mental health? But anyway, the month uh, has been observed. They've observed it in May. And uh, the purpose is what it says, mental health awareness, okay? And I think that title is so important. It's not mental illness awareness, all right? They called it mental health awareness because it is something that affects every single person. If they called it mental illness awareness, only people who were mentally ill would pay attention to it, right? right. But mental health is something that is affects all of us it's about your emotional your psychological well-being and that is something that is important to every single person on this planet so i think the importance of this month is for every single person to be aware of his or her own mental health first of all you got to pay attention to where you are mentally and we get so busy that sometimes our mental health starts just slipping backwards and we don't even realize it. We're not even paying attention to it. So I love the fact that this month was created. So you see things on social media, you see, you know, banners, you see flyers, you see events uh, happening that are all geared around uh, trying to just raise awareness of, uh, you know, about mental health. 
Yeah. You, you know what? I'm glad you provided like that history behind it. And one thing you said, and I really want us to dive into this a little bit more is mental health does not mean mental illness. Right. A lot of people, when they hear the term mental health, mm-hmm. and I'll admit, I used to be one of these people, mm-hmm. um, is I automatically thought of, oh, depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, OCD, or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it could be, whatever mm-hmm. the diagnosis could be. Mm-hmm. And so can you break that down a little bit more? You said everybody is affected by mental health. Can you talk about, like, you know, the stigma and, like, how, why we need to break the stigmas <laughs> around mental health in general? Right, absolutely. Because the thing is, if you are going by just this stigma, like I said, you won't be paying attention to your own mental health. Mm-hmm. In, in other words, you won't be paying attention to your well-being. You won't be paying attention to your emotions. And so many things um, can come out um, when you're talking about mental health, but we don't pinpoint it back to that, right? Mm-hmm. You're rude and you're nasty to people, okay? Is your mental health where it needs to be? <laughs> Are you well? Are you whole? Are you healed? You don't have to have a diagnosable illness in order to need some help with your mental health. I need people to understand that because the actual uh, definition by the CDC, I'm going to read this to y'all. Mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make healthy choices. That's so it's our life. It's Mm -hmm. our life source. (laughs) It's everything, right? And so you don't have to be someone who has depression or has a generalized anxiety disorder or has bipolar disorder or has schizophrenia in order for your mental health to be negatively affected. Your mental health can be affected by anything. Your well-being can be affected by anything. And so that's where you need to be paying attention to yourself, okay, mm-hmm. and saying what do what can I do to improve my mental health. And it's something I think we all going to be working on for the rest of our lives if mm-hmm. we understand what it means. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that and you broke that down because, like like you said, sometimes they get used interchangeably. And mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, we, no, we all deal with different mental health-related um, issues. You know, issues. Yeah. So here's the, the a follow-up question I have for you because I do feel like some employers – just looking at it from an employment mm-hmm. standpoint, some employers get it, but they don't. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of them offer the programs for like employees, mm-hmm. like, oh, we're offering this program where mm-hmm. we're going to meet every Friday and walk or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it may be. But it's still a lot of employers who don't get it, mm-hmm. right? Because if they did, we wouldn't see burnout rates mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and people quiet quitting mm-hmm. and the stress that comes with, um, you know, certain things. So, what would you say, like, in terms of how employers can start addressing some oh of these? Goodness. And I know that's, like, a loaded question because oh it's goodness. a lot. Um, but, yeah, it, it's real in the workplace. Like, it people are exhausted. Is. They're tired. Mm-hmm. They're burnt mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. You, know. you know what I've noticed? And it's funny, MJ. A lot of times, anything that's a mental health initiative is usually coming from the people who are tired and burned out. They are the same, the same. So where is the, um, the break for them? Where is the air for them? Where is the moment where they get to rest? If they are the ones who are having to start the programs, okay, themselves at their job, they've got to be the, and and I get it. You do want to advocate for yourself, but I think there's so much could be said if, if companies would take their, um, human resources departments okay come on say amen somebody and those people actually do some more training Mm. okay get some continuing education um train the people in your human resources department to actually establish mental wellness programs at your company or either 
they let them hire somebody to come in and do it, a mm-hmm. consultant for that, okay? Because it, I, my personal experience is that people don't do that mm-hmm. at companies. And if you want something, like the same people that's burned out and tired got to be coming up with the things to do and running the program. <laughs> what well, they already burned out and tired. Yes. Why would you put extra on them? You know, and then also, and, and I know we, we, we tend not to name drop on our show, but I'm going to drop this name because this company, I worked for them for a little bit of time and they get it right. In Mm. my opinion, blue cross blue shield of Tennessee, shout Mm. out. They get it right. This was just my, my experience with them. They are an insurance company, but when I tell you, they reward you for taking care of your mental health, your physical health, which they are connected. We cannot separate those. Okay. They actually incentivize you (laughs) for doing things like going for a walk. Like, uh, if you report that you, you went out and you did some self-care, they incentivize that. And their human resources department is serious about it. They want you to take care of yourself. And I think one of the reasons is because they realize that it's cheaper for you to take care of yourself than for them to have to pay exactly. for it on the back end. Yep. So they've made the connection. And so many companies just don't make the connection. And I want to say this to any human resources departments that are listening, to any corporations that are listening, um, there's a direct connection to your money, baby. Okay, so if you don't even care about your people, that's all right. But do you care about your money? Because if you can get your employees to be mentally healthy, that's going to help your bottom line. Yes. Their performance is going to be better. Their productivity is going to be better. The workplace culture is going to be better. You're going to spend less on, um, you know, seeking out people to come and work for you because people people are going to quit at a slower rate. You know, people are going to stay at your company longer if they're happier. That's just common sense. So you don't have to spend so much money in recruitment. You won't have such a big turnover rate if you would just invest in your people and um, do a little bit better than just throwing a card at them saying, oh, here's the EAP program. Good luck finding somebody. That's not enough. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. And you, you pointed out a lot of great things. And I love that you pointed out the correlation between mental health and physical health. Mm-hmm. Let's go there for a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I, and I've shared this before. <laughs> I think, um, I can't remember exactly which episode it was, but it was during season one, how I gained a lot of weight during COVID mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it was, I just didn't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. Being inside all the time, not mm-hmm. socializing with people in the mm-hmm. same way. And, um, you know, all the gyms were closed Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize it at the time, Mm -hmm. but I was struggling with a little bit of, I think, depression Mm -hmm. from it. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is lonely and miserable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of people dealt with that during that time. Mm -hmm. And so what ended up happening is it started manifesting into you know, weight gain comfort. and, and just comfort. comfort. I know. Let me eat. Cause I ain't got nothing to do. I'm going to open up. <laughs> let me get this bag of Doritos. I know I don't need the Doritos, but Hey, I'm bored and right. I'm in the house and I'm not socializing. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about what we can do in terms of making sure that our physical health and mental health are in, a, in line, yes, in alignment? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is something that I think so many people struggle with. Mm-hmm. I am a therapist and I'm still struggling with that, right? Because I'm a stress eater. So if I have to go through my, you know, a week, let's just say, and I'm, I'm dealing with a whole bunch of stuff and I'm having to follow a lot of rules and restrict myself in a lot of ways. Um, by the weekend, I'm in complete rebellion. And my rebellion looks like I'm not doing anything adult-like. 
I want all the snacks, all the cookies, all the, you know, here comes my inner child. Like we could do whatever we want now. <laughs> right. And so realizing that there is a psychological connection, even to the way that you eat, even the foods that you choose, there's a psychological connection to that. Right. And so then the foods that you choose are going to affect your body. Everything that we put in our body is going to affect it. Okay. Yes. Whether it's for good or for bad. Right. And so it's amazing to me that people try to, disconnect the two when you really can't and and then vice versa when a person gets some type of illness that's going to affect their mindset if they are diagnosed with you know especially if it's something that's terminal that's going to affect their mindset so it's weird to me that we don't have the the resources in this country that it seems like everybody (laughs) that is diagnosed with any type of physical ailment they should be assigned a therapist right away. Like that mm. should be just part of it because you go through so many things. Fear takes over from that moment where the doctor tells you, oh, we think we saw some on the exams. We need to run some more tests, come back in two weeks. That two weeks can be torture for someone, right? right. Because they're terrified. They don't know what's going to happen. And their mind is just all over the place. We expect people to keep going to work. In those two weeks, and not just go to work, but function normally, we expect them to keep on, especially women, we're going to push through. Mm-hmm. We're still going to come home. We're going to clean up. We got to cook. We got to try to be a wife. We got to try to be a mother. We got to try to be a daughter. Where Life continues to go on where nothing is going on to, you know, to restore you or to pour into you. So there is absolutely a direct <laughs> connection. <laughs> and, and even when we going back to the foods that we choose, there is like... It, you know, a direct link, I believe, into what you eat and how you feel mentally after you eat it. I mean, there are just certain things, certain foods that you can eat. If it's, uh, you know, something green, something alive, that's going to make you feel better. It's going to make you feel happy. You know, chocolate has been related to releasing positive endorphins, right? <laughs> if right. you consume it in the right way, okay, I'm not talking about mounds and mounds of cake, but a little dark chocolate here and there, they say it's healthy for you and it helps your mindset. Whereas when we eat a plate full of dead things and fried things, what happens? Your brain and everything slows down. And it's like, look, I can't, I can't even deal with this. And it's, it's interesting to me that a lot of times, um, with the people who have major depressive disorder, their appetite is immediately affected. Either they want to constantly overeat or they don't have an appetite at all. What is that telling us? Mm Y'all, my mind and my body, they're, they're working together and believe it or not, they're trying to create a balance. And so if you feel horrible in one area, the whole body is like, okay, let's just all get in line here and let's mm-hmm. all feel terrible. Yeah, I never thought <laughs> like, about it yeah, that way. That it's it's fighting for that. It's yeah. always fighting for some type of equilibrium. And so that's why we have to just really, really be careful with that. And I don't know when on a broader scale. People are starting to get it a little bit, but on a broader scale, when we're going to make those connections and start trying to fight this thing comprehensively instead of separate. Yes, I agree. And, you know, one thing you said that I appreciate is how you talked about, like, when people are diagnosed with different physical illnesses, Mm -hmm. that they should be, you Mm -hmm. know, assigned to someone who can help them with the mental side Mm -hmm. of it, too. Because our society, unfortunately, I agree with you, you know, healthcare Mm -hmm. is, we know, it's expensive than a mug. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's hella expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you don't have access to that, or if you can't, and a lot of times, a lot of healthcare plans don't pay for um, yep. mental health mm-hmm. care. And mm-hmm. so if you don't have the money for it, mm-hmm. it's like, how mm-hmm. do you even find somebody you right. can you can talk to if, mm-hmm. 
without having to shell out mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of dollars. Right. Like it's just it's an interesting situation we're in. Right. You know, it, in it really is. And talking about um, insurance companies, I want to make it clear when I talked about Blue Cross Blue Shield, I was talking about their employees. Mm-hmm. I don't know what how it looks on the side of you know the people paying for insurance, right? Mm-hmm. The actual clients, because like you said, a lot of insurance companies they fight that or they yeah. only want this is why a lot of therapists don't even accept insurance because um and this is different companies i'm not talking about any company in particular but a lot of um, licensed therapists just have stopped accepting insurance only do self-pay which you know cuts out a lot of people who mm-hmm. can't afford it um or the people who haven't really prioritized their mental health to put the money into it even though they have the money right they're not going <laughs> right. so um it's sad that uh, that we're in a situation where people have to fight with their insurance company in order to get uh, the therapist that they choose because mm-hmm. it's so important to be able to choose your own therapist and to go to who you want to go to but it's so much red tape a lot of therapists just don't deal with it anymore and I can understand why yeah just, I get I it mean, we got to be paid too we got to eat too it's yeah. we, you know we're not just out here things aren't free <laughs> for yeah. a therapist right but and sometimes they only give you a certain number of sessions right <sighs> yep I dealt with that I was like that's it <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Well, you get these this many weeks. Okay, but I've been dealing with this issue since I was five. Right. So right. how are we going to, you know, sum this up in just a few weeks' time? It's 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 a catch-22. Um, and on the back end, though, everybody yells mental health, mental illness. When something dramatic happens, some, some tragedy strikes, mm. well, why didn't nobody get him help? But I don't see that same. We need to keep that same energy when it comes to pouring the resources in so that the person can get help. And how come it's not as important for the people who were victims of that tragedy? Right. Mm. So you have somebody that comes in just for example, and they go in somewhere and they shoot 10 people. Everybody starts yelling. We need better mental health. We need better mental health. Okay. well, what about the families? Is money going into the families of those victims so that they can go get the mental health care that they need? What about the people who were in the building next door? Um, to the people, their mental health is going to be affected by the fact that somebody just came in right next door and shot 10 people, right? What about the other people that work there? So why are we just yelling that when, when something happens and we're talking about the, the outlier, the one person who went and would do something like that versus all the people who were affected? Where is the money so those people can go and get the mental health care that they are going to need after experiencing something tragic like that? I'm Come so on. glad you Hello, said somebody. that. Come on. And like, you know what? Let's let's stay there for mm-hmm. a little bit. Because you talked about how a lot of times when a major tragedy happens mm-hmm. in our society, mm-hmm. and it's been a lot of them, y'all. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we have listeners who might be abroad, but I'm sure you keep up with exactly. <laughs> like all the gun violence and different things we deal with in mm. the United States. And we have seen that mass shootings have become more and more prevalent. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's getting out of control Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping that we can figure out a way to, to contain this, not to get political, but we got to do something. But seriously, (laughs) a lot of times though, what we find is that instead of talking about gun control, we go straight to mental health. Like, Oh, he must've had a mental health issue Mm -hmm. or he, you know, and we go straight to that. He Mm -hmm. must've been mentally ill. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about that? Like, do you feel like sometimes they weaponize or not weaponize mental health? Okay. All right. Well, there we go. Do you feel like they weaponize it? And why do you think they're doing that? I think it's a scapegoat that they want to use in, in a lot of situations. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I would love And it's funny because when I look on social media and I see everybody, any, any issue, we got an issue going on right now uh, in Memphis. 
mm. with, with a popular ball player. Everybody yeah. wants to holler, he's mentally ill, he's mentally ill, he's mentally ill. But I don't see therapists in the comments saying that. I don't see LCSWs in the comments saying that. I don't see psychiatrists and psychologists in the comments saying that. You know why? Because we have to do an assessment before we determine that somebody has a diagnosable mental illness. Right. And so I don't think people realize how much it hurts and it makes the stigma worse when you just throw every single thing you're going to blame it on a mental illness. And let me just shed some light on the situation okay a person can have a mental illness first of all there are so many mental illnesses i wish that you all could see how big our diagnostic book is y'all we actually diagnose people based on like symptomology right we have codes and everything okay mm -hmm. this is not something that we just say oh you're sad you're depressed oh you're nervous you're anxious it's not that's not how it works so we actually have symptoms that we go by right and that's what we use to determine it. And that, that book is thick, full of different mental illnesses. So I want people to understand that you can have a mental illness and still know the difference between right and wrong. Yes. So having a mental illness does not necessarily say that you're going to go out here and start, you know, just walk in with a gun and start blasting people. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it does not mean that you everybody that has a mental illness is going to do things that are poor in judgment. All right. Something has to be said for stupidity, baby. Something has to be said for that. Something has to be said for immaturity. Something has to be said for evil. Okay. Something has to be said for people just not using their best judgment. Yes. All right. In which we see that a lot. And I think it hurts us more than it helps us when folks just want to say, oh, it was mental illness. Okay, so if that's the case, what you going to do about it? Because then you sweep it under the rug and we don't hear anything else. So I think it is a, a cheap way out mm. um, instead of getting to the root of the real problems. Yeah. I'm I glad, think it's the scapegoat. I'm glad you said it because there mm -hmm. were times that, like I would look and be like, okay, was it really mental illness in this situation right. or is it because he's a part of a hate group? Right. Exactly. <laughs> who's teaching him, yeah. like, right. hey, you exactly. go shoot up this church. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know. And so you made the decision <laughs> to do that. And I'm not writing off saying that, um, you know, they are absolutely don't have a mental illness. What mm -hmm. I am saying is that you, I have seen this happen with my own two eyes because I used to work acute care. You can be in the middle of psychosis and, and psychosis is defined as you're hearing things that other people don't hear. You're seeing things that other people don't see. You may be feeling things on your skin. Okay. You can be in the middle of that and still understand that this is right and this is wrong. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do that. You still can make the connection between actions and consequences. Even in the middle of psychosis, I've seen it happen. Mm -hmm. So why do we keep just blaming on it? Like that's the answer. So let's, let's not really do anything about it because this person must have been mentally ill. So, you know, what is that supposed to make it okay? <laughs> it does not. And if you're going to keep using that as the reason, then when are you going to address that problem? Because yeah. they, they never get around to addressing it. And I think it is a slap in the face to people who are struggling with mental illness, who are fighting mm -hmm. every day. It's a slap in the face to those people who are um, bipolar, who are taking their medications and who are doing everything that they can to show up in the space, right? And do the things that they uh, can do to be a contributing member to a, of society 
society. I think it's a slap in the face to people who are living, functioning on a daily basis with schizophrenia. And they do it by taking their medications and, and being determined and going to their therapist. And they have slip backs and all of this. But they still show up. Y'all need to go watch A Beautiful Mind, okay? Mm. Um, because that's, a, mm. that's based on a true story. So we just need to stop putting this blanket of every time somebody does something that doesn't make a lot of sense. Oh, 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 he does he have a diagnosis? Is that what you're saying? And what is the diagnosis here? Because I don't see a lot of symptoms in the book that say, uh, you know, mass shootings. I don't mm-hmm. see that as one of the symptoms for <laughs> for what. Right. So what is it? Are we saying that all of these people um, have a personality disorder? Are they all, you know, um, serial killers? Is that what we're saying? Everybody? Mm-hmm. Come on. Exactly. I'm glad you, I'm really glad you pointed that out. And it, it's a conversation that needs to be had. And I've, I agree with you. I've always felt like, okay, well, if you all feel like that's the problem, then you have to invest the resources into mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. You know, and so I guess the, the, another question I have for you, I got a couple more questions. Mm-hmm. So another question I have for you, <clears throat> what would you like our, to see our society do? Oh, boy. Uh, I know that's loaded too. <laughs> but like in terms of, let's say, if you could have a meeting with, all the senators and legislators and the house Mm. representatives right now, if you could just talk to each one of them and, and deliver one message on how we can do better as a society when it comes to promoting and supporting mental health, what would you say to them? Start earlier. Mm. That would be probably, if they would only allow me two words, those would be the two words that I would say. Start earlier. So this needs to be something that is normalized. And in order to normalize something, and when I say this, I mean seeking mental health services. It needs to be normalized. Just like you sit up here and start testing those children from the time that they are in the first grade. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are getting tested out the frame, right, to be so young. Why is going to therapy not part of that package? Why not? Okay, so that by the time they get to be 15, it's a routine thing. You know what I'm saying? They have to go get shots in order to go to school. So don't tell me you can't regulate it or can't legislate it. You legislate everything else that you want to legislate. There are certain things that children cannot even start school without doing. It's mandatory. They have to take a certain number of shots. They have to prove that they have taken them, right, in order to come. Mm -hmm. Certain things have to happen. You've got to sign up for the draft by a certain age. You've got to, when you get ready to go to college, if you're going to live on that campus in that dorm, you've got to show that you've gotten certain shots by when you were 16 and 17, this series of things, right? You have to do jury duty. It's just certain things that we're told we have to do, um, why not put this as part of the package, mm. you know, and make it as easy for people to get as a physical when yeah. they go, you go to your doctor on a regular basis. So make it easier, start earlier and make it easier is yeah. what I would tell them to do. I love Absolutely. that. Make it easier. Start earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. So, so that it can be a normal thing and not something that you just do when everything is going wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. I would love to see our society get to a place where people are going to a therapist because they want their life to be well. They want things to go well. They want things to continue to go well. Not I'm going here because something is terrible and it's wrong. You know, something's wrong in my life. So now I got to go. And some people don't even go then. Nope, they don't. So even that. Let me let me ask you this, BJ, because 
how do you stay sane? <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not. I'm just wondering because I'm like, that's a lot. You know, as a mental health professional, mm-hmm. as, a, as a therapist, you take in a lot. Like mm-hmm. you sit and you listen to people's problems all day long. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm sure they they have all types of unique problems and it's heavy. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder, you know, and, and I've heard this before that therapists have therapists. But beyond that, like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have a therapist. I absolutely do, and I'm proud of it. Yes. But beyond (laughs) that, though, like, what else? Because it seems like Mm -hmm. you got to do a lot to really make sure that Mm -hmm. you're okay and checking in with yourself regularly and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, focusing on self-care, too. For sure. And I didn't do a good job of it all the time. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to sit up here on some, you know, soapbox and talk down to people. I did not do a good job of taking care of my mental health for a long period of time. I used to have um, panic attacks on a regular basis. I went through major depressive disorder. I spent a, um, the good part of my 30s suicidal more often than I was not, wow. okay? Because I wasn't taking care of me. I wasn't paying attention to me and doing the things I needed to do for me. I was at church all the time, okay? Um, some Sometimes unlocking the building and locking mm-hmm. it back up and crying all the way there and crying all the way home because I really was not focusing on my thinking, right? And so what I do now on a daily basis, I've first of all, let me say this, mental health, <laughs> mental health care is a daily thing. Mm. You have to do it every day. And I get it. You're not going to have a time to do a spa day every day. You're not going to be able to go on vacation every day. You're not, you know, but even if you can carve out 15 to 20 minutes to yourself, Every single day, um, parents, yes, you can do this. When you get home, don't let the garage up. If your children are in there and they come running as soon as you hit that garage, sit outside in the driveway and stare up in the sky for a little while before you hit that garage. <laughs> They're not going to know you there. <laughs> Another thing I challenge people to do all the time, I have to tell my moms to do this. You got PTO. Yeah. Okay, what you're going to do is you're going to take them children to school. You're going to get up. You're going to act like everything is normal. You're going to drop them off at school. You're going to call in. You're going to call in. You're going to use a sick day. You're going to go home and take care of yourself. If You need to do that on a regular basis. But personally, I have a morning routine that I follow now that grounds me, that centers me, and that's something I didn't used to do. I would wake up and just go straight into go mode. Run, 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 run. By the end of the day, I'm overwhelmed, right? So I do my morning routine, which is very extensive, and it's just my time to me, right? I've learned how to say no. That helps. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned how to help people with their problems and not rescue. Those two things are different and rescuers are going to end up drained. So I don't take my clients problems on, right? Mm -hmm. I have compassion for them. I have concern for them. I think about my clients sometimes in between sessions, like I wonder how this worked out for so-and-so, but I'm not taking that on because it's not my problem. And I, it's your problem. I'm just here to help you with your problem. Right. But I can't carry everybody else's stuff. So in addition to seeing my therapist, I do a little work on me every single day and I pay attention to my thought patterns and when am I slipping into negativity? So what's going on here? Okay, my thinking is a little bit more negative than it usually is. What's happening? What do I need to do to get back to feeling like myself? Love that. And thank you for breaking that down because, Mm -hmm. you know, you talked about a lot of things where it's really easy to take on your client's problems. Mm -hmm. Like I can only Mm -hmm. imagine. I'm an empath. Mm -hmm. You know that about me. Yeah. I think I would struggle. Like, how do I separate the two? Mm-hmm, but you have mm-hmm. been very intentional, too, in making Absolutely. sure that you create a separation between, you know, your work and mm-hmm. some of the things your clients share with you mm-hmm. and making sure that you, you 
you disconnect from it. Mm-hmm. You have to for mm-hmm. your own mental wellness. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm very mm-hmm. empathic. I can feel people's issues mm-hmm. sometimes. But I have to dump that back and just say, okay, Lord, I ain't make this person. You made them. Okay, right. this is my personal thing that I do, all right? That's your kid. I was just babysitting, <laughs> Right, I was just here to help, so I'm I'm like the the person that's coming over to help out to watch out, right? But this is your child, so you have to put people back. You know that's what I do. I'm, I give this give this to God. So and so need help. This your kid. So what you gonna do about it? I'm not gonna sit up here and try to be my therapist. One time she called me Jesus Junior, and I felt that. <laughs> I, I knew it. Said yeah, that's what that was what she said. And I said, all right, she right. But it's not my job to to try to be Jesus Junior right. in people's lives. I'm, I let him do him now, and I do me. Uh, you know what? Let, hold on. Let's let's go into that a little bit more too, because we did talk about the connection between physical and mental. Let's talk about the connection between spiritual, spiritual mm-hmm. and mental mm-hmm. too, right? Because, um, you know, you're very spiritual mm-hmm. and you're very open about your mm-hmm. faith in Christ, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people out there who have practice different uh, religions Mm -hmm. and have different paths in terms of spirituality. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about what that has been like for you Mm -hmm. making sure that the two are aligned Mm -hmm. and how other folks can, you know, Mm -hmm. who who do choose to practice Mm -hmm. different forms of spirituality, how Mm -hmm. they can make sure mental wellness and spiritual wellness Mm -hmm. are aligned. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. The main thing, y'all, because when I, when I suffered, the most in my mental health, when I was suicidal the most, when I was the most depressed, I was going to church more than I go right now. And I'm happier right now. Can you believe that? (laughs) I still go to church. But I was way more involved Mm -hmm. with church work, hear me clearly, with church work then, than I was with, uh, than I am now, right? And so now I do more BJ work, okay? And let's run into a building for church work But I think that what people can do, and this is what I did, I started paying attention to um, who God was telling me that he is versus who other people were telling me that he is. I started paying attention to who God is saying that I am versus who other people are telling me that he's speaking for him, right? That who who they say he say I should be. Does that make sense to y'all? I hope it does. So once I got in tune and had a direct connection with my own savior, things got way easier. And I realized that a lot of the pressure that I was feeling was put on by people. God is easy. Mm. He's so simple. That's my friend. We talk. I can have normal conversations, right? I, y'all, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful relationship. I could be like, Lord, okay, I can't find my keys. Help me. <laughs> Two minutes later, look under the couch, girl. You left them under the pillow. And, and I'll just receive it, you know, into my spirit. Not trying to be weird or spooky, but that's my relationship, right? But I had to, ooh, we y'all ain't going to like this. I had to, in a lot of ways, cut the middleman out mm. because the middleman was, was speaking um, the way they wanted to speak. Right. And that was really messing with my mental health. And so in order for me to make sure that those things are aligned, what I do is I pay attention to what the Word of God says Uh, straight from God about BJ word. All right. And his desire is for me to be happy. His desire. I had a preacher one time that tried to argue that God Mm. don't care about your happiness (laughs) for real. Then what, where you read that at? I didn't read that. He 
does not care about my <laughs> about my happiness or doesn't want me to be happy. But I took that type of stuff to heart when I was listening to people say it. And I'm, I'm not saying all preachers are bad, but I'm just saying you got to get into to alignment yourself. And um, my therapist asked me that one time, what does alignment look like for you? And so when I'm living this life really the way that I believe God intended it, then I'm, I'm directly connected to him. My mental health is well. I'm in a good place. I'm feeding myself the right things because he cares about that too. And then my connection outward, like the way of the cross is what I'm drawing right now. My connection outward to people can be stronger and healthier. And I don't have to make connections with people that I don't need to be connected to. Right. And so that's how I believe you can use your spirituality to keep your mental health intact. You absolutely can because pay attention to, to what you feel and what is God really saying about you. And if you don't believe in God, what do you believe in? What is that thing telling you negative stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay, then you need to switch to a different entity. Okay, boo, I'm not here to get into a whole bunch of deep religious stuff. Okay, I believe Jesus. But for those who don't, if your higher power is telling you that you are a mean, awful, terrible person, then please choose a different one. Okay, because <laughs> that's incorrect. And so you want to make sure that you are believing those positive, healthy things because that is what God says about us. Yes. That's what he says, regardless of what we're doing. He's like, I love you to pieces. And that's not the message you receive all the time when you're listening to someone else translate and interpret for you. Right. I love every bit of I this. Go on for days. I know we got to do like a second <laughs> episode. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But, you know, I just I want to thank you for sharing these nuggets because you you shared a lot of personal things. Mm-hmm. You talked about, you know, how you had, um, you know, in the past, suicidal ideations, and you were depressed, and you Mm -hmm. experienced some different things, Mm -hmm. and you really opened up about it, Mm -hmm. and I think it's important for people to hear other women's stories, Mm -hmm. especially, Mm -hmm. like, black women hearing other black women, Mm -hmm. like, hey, sis, you're not alone. No, You're not alone, and so, like, just for women out there who you know, like what, what, what words of encouragement would you have for them if they are struggling with something mental health related? I would just say, find a little bit of hope in each day. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is especially for people out there who are contemplating uh, taking their own life. Don't try to look weeks in advance. Mm. Okay. That's too much. Don't look down months in advance. Just find a little bit, just enough hope for today. That will keep you going until tomorrow. Okay. And just remember that every situation that you get in is changeable. Everything yes. is temporary. Everything. Except for if you take your own life or take somebody else's, you can't change those things. But everything else that we encounter is temporary. Right. So whatever you go through, no matter how terrible it is, there's another side to it. So just find just enough hope to get through today. And sometimes you got to break that thing down, especially when you're suffering from depression. Find enough just to just to keep on existing until the next hour. Sometimes you're not in thrival mode. You are in existence mode. And that's mm. okay, sis. You're just right there right now. You're mm. not going to stay there, right? I'm speaking out of your life right now. You will not yes. stay there. You're just there right now. So if it's 15 minutes at a time and you say, I made it, all right, I'm still here. I made it through these 15 minutes. If you, you know, don't feel like getting up right now and, and all you can do is walk to the kitchen and walk back, then celebrate the fact that you walked to the kitchen and walked back, yes. okay? So break it down and just get through it the best way that you can and stop looking at what society says that you should be, okay? And please, 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 
do not be embarrassed if you are struggling with any kind of mental illness. This is why it is so important that we cut that out mm-hmm. and stop saying that everybody that want you know does something insane. All of these people. You know, so then, girl, I could go all the way there. I was about to say, so was every slave master mentally ill? Because they killed, I went there, went there. (laughs) They killed a lot of people. I mean, so don't, uh, turn it off is what I'm saying. Sometimes you got to turn social media off, especially when you're in the middle of an episode. It's not helpful and it's not healthy at times because you're, if you're sitting up, I'm mentally ill and they saying this person is mentally ill. You know, you don't want to compare yourself to that because that's not what you are. And that's not the majority of people. Mm -hmm. All right. So don't be embarrassed by everybody is struggling. Not everybody is at a place where they're ready to say that they're struggling. Yes. So, yeah, well, thank you for that. And I got to tell you, I have enjoyed every minute of this interview. As I always, can. I always learn something <laughs> new. And for those of you um, who would like to learn more about BJ Word and her work, feel free to reach out to her. And like we mentioned in the beginning, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So, you know, there's so many different ways you can recognize it, whether you learn more uh, about the history of it or if you decide to practice self-care and just focus on your mental health as a way to honor mental health awareness month we encourage you to do that so absolutely any closing words for us bj hang in there hang in there and take ladies take those capes off oh i felt that one i know i need to strong black woman syndrome (laughs) get rid of it it's a trap all right take those capes this will every woman i don't care what color you are Take those capes off. Ask for the help that you need and be willing to receive the help that you need because it's available. All right. I am BJ Word on all social media and BJWord.com if you need more info. All right. All right. Thanks, MJ. Thank you.